Welcome to the first spare time of 2023, kind of. Year two of the spare time oh podcast. Oh my God. Is this year five of this podcast? Could it be? <laughs> honestly, yeah, I think it is. Congratulations to us, honestly. The follow through. Yeah, I mean, we just, we won't quit. And no, hopefully that makes you happy, listener. Yeah, whoever you may be. Whoever you may be, this is Spare Time, the podcast, where we talk about the things that we do in our spare time. So true. This is a monthly podcast. So this is episode one of 12 for the year of our Lord 2023. Fun. Um, yeah, fun. So we just basically tell you everything about spare time for the month. We talk about some important cultural touchstones so that only the episodes, most important ones, only the yeah. most important ones, according to the very scientific process of what we think is the most important. And uh, yeah, so we have a little like time capsule effect of, of, of each month. Kind of fun. I think it's pretty fun. I think it's fun. December was a unique episode because we recapped the best of the year um, mm-hmm. and some ins and outs, which I still am thinking about. And I think we were spot on. So um, yes. give that a listen. But we haven't like really caught up in two months, really. I know. I know. We really haven't dug into the deets, um, which I will say I actually have gone back on one of our outs. I'll talk about it. Okay. Drama. Can't wait but to I feel really good about all the ins and outs. Um, and With I feel really good about one. so far in 2023. I know you yeah. had kind of start to your spare time based on what you wrote here in the notes. Yeah, I'll get into it. But I'm feeling good about spare time as um, a concept and spare time as a friendship journey. Absolutely. Yes, the project spare time never going out of style. Our never. personal use of spare time ebbs and flows like the tides, as we've learned yeah. throughout this project. Sometimes we have a lot of spare time. Sometimes we have none. Sometimes we like to have spare time. Sometimes it makes us want to die. Absolutely. I think that you're not going to have a lot of spare time in the month of April, which we'll learn more about. That's right. I'm not. I think I'm about to have way less spare time than I'm used to. Yeah, it's a difficult transition. I made the transition for the same reasons that you're about to. And it can feel jarring. I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I <laughs> need you to steward good. me through this um, through this moment, which we're being so vague and alluding to, but you just have to wait and hear what we're talking about. I know. Isn't this how they do it on all the podcasts? Yeah. Tease, tease, tease. Keep them listening. Tease, tease, tease. Um. Well, without further ado, I guess that's my friend Marie. And I would love to hear Marie. How did you spend your spare time in January, 2023? So I feel really good about how I spent my spare time in January based on the things that we talked about wanting to do more of, or at least I talked about wanting to do more of. Um, Obviously, reading, which I actually will talk about a little bit later, but we have our mutual resolution of reading 100 books off to a great start. Um, Moving more was a big resolution for me in January, and I really did, which is nice. Not in a not in an intense way. Like I definitely don't feel like I was like out to get fit in January. You were not like Barry's boot camp every day. Um, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I, I think if I did a Barry's boot camp class, I would need to be hospitalized. There's yeah. no way for me at this time. Um, cause I, especially I have like a little bit of a potentially like, I feel a little stressed out that maybe I have like a touch of the long COVID. Okay. Last I heard you had a touch of like the COVID vaccine. Yeah, I don't really know what it's from, <laughs> but it's like I have like a little bit of 
I won't even call it like exercise induced asthma because it just happens when I'm doing basic things. So maybe mm-hmm. that's just asthma. <laughs> Who can say? Maybe I think it's, it's getting a it's getting a little better, but right. I think I am gonna go to the doctor and do a like breath strength test or whatever they call it. Oh yeah. Anyway, so I wasn't doing like I was I'm not training for a marathon, but like I was doing more yoga walking more intentionally, riding my bike, climbing, which feels really nice. It's Uh, nice to look back at the month and be like, I was doing stuff most days. I'm so happy for you. She's a climber now, which makes me happy for me. And I love that. It really does. I know we've talked about this a lot here on this podcast and personally that like this can sometimes be a trap that then triggers things for you that you don't mm-hmm. want to take place. So I'm glad that you were able yes. to feel like you reached that happy medium this month. Yeah, it's nice. I, I mean, definitely like it's not easy. I think that there's some like body stuff that comes up, but yeah. I think that I'm a con- I'm able now more than in previous Januaries, certainly, but in previous months that I've tried to move more, like I'm approaching it with a little more gentleness, which is new and I like it. Um, I like it for the last, you too. The last important thing that I did um, in my spare time this month, which is uh, we discussed this being out for 2023, mm-hmm. but I've been for making 2021 two, and 2020 two, one and 2023. Well, yep, all of the 20s. <laughs> um, but I'm making bread. Oh, tell us <laughs> more. So I have a sourdough starter. It's been alive in my fridge for a while, and I haven't really been doing much with it because I made one loaf of sourdough a few months ago right after I got it and it was so bad because the starter mm-hmm. had been revived from dehydrated and it like uh-huh. wasn't ready. So I've been feeding the starter and like trying to make stuff with the discard and I have been making this bread with the sourdough discard that is so important. It's like a cinnamon raisin swirl like sandwich oh. bread. It is so good. Like really really good. I'm going to need um, you to send a loaf this way because that is Erica Davin's favorite bread. OMG. It's not vegan. It has butter in it. She's veganish. Okay. Veganish. Love Just that. tell I'll her, make her it's a vegan. She, okay, she'll great. listen to this in like six months. So we'll find out. <laughs> I'll later. send her a loaf. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I actually really fucked up. I was going to make two loaves today and I like wasn't paying attention because I'm also making a loaf of regular sourdough today. Oh my God. And she's a bakery. I know I'm a bakery and I um put, all the stuff in the mixer for the cinnamon raisin bread and I forgot to add water. So I like mixed Ooh. it all together and it was like super dry and clumpy. I was like, I have to throw this away. <laughs> so that is one of the hardest parts of being a baker. You just, sometimes you just have to call it. But okay. Um, it's real it's really good. It's really easy. It like also has yeast in it. So it's not as reliant on the sourdough being like party party yep. fermentation. But it's really soft. It's like so crazy how good it is oh my god where are you getting this recipe from king arthur <gasps> they have the one the recipes. only the one the only king arthur baking yeah it's really good i, I really feel like king arthur of all of the places on the internet to get a recipe they're like this is the best one and they're usually right like they yeah, only have I, one i would not dispute anything that they say that like cheesy pan pizza. Did you ever make that? Oh, of course. God, that shit is good. Um, A classic. You know what, Marie? I I support you. And the Thank thing you. is, like, I'm jealous. Like, I say that bread is out, out of a place of I have not quite gotten my own bakery 
underway here. Like, I just can't mm. quite get it going. You know what I mean? But I'm like, I yeah. think I know that if I were to be baking bread regularly, I would like it. Yeah. This bread is the first bread that I have made that I'm like, oh, this is a bread. Like, this is a legitimate, this, this is, is like a loaf good. of bread. And like, you slice it and it's in the freezer and it looks like it came from a store. Oh, that's so like, fun. I was like, we'll see how my sourdough turns out. I don't, I have like extremely moderate expectations. Is so. this your first sourdough coming out? This is, so I've made, this is my, this is my second attempt with this starter. During the pandemic, I was a, a babysitter of a starter for a while. And I made a couple of loaves and they actually were really good. Um, But I think it was an accident. Okay. Yeah, because the one I made most recently was absolutely fucking horrible. So I took a two month break and now I'm going to give it another shot. Well, you know, what's interesting. Friend of the pod, Rashawn, baked mm. a ton of bread during the pandemic. And she did say that as she got like more proficient in bread baking, she was like trying to do more things with the bread and it got worse. Like she was like, my mm-hmm. first loaves were the best loaves. And that's just a fact I have to be honest about. Yeah, I think that I just need to be chill. But, you know, that's hard for me. You're inspiring me. I'm always like, I want to have a starter, but it just feels like a lot. But you know what? I'm not really traveling this month, so maybe February is my time. Although I do want to be spending my time on croissants, as we've discussed as well. Yes, yes. Well, if you want some starter, I can give you some. I do. Thank you. Okay, I will accept. You got it. Amazing. Fun. Okay, I support you. Yay. Okay, what about you? Tell me all about your spare time in January. Uh, my spare time in January is really that I had essentially none. Um, this was one of my busiest months on record, which is shocking because it's January. And I feel like going in, I didn't really think I was going to be as busy as I was. Mm. Um, but I, I would say I had actually little to no spare time. It was kind of that thing where I was like clawing out pockets to just like sit in silence by myself. Um, which I wouldn't say is spare time in the essence of this podcast and conversation. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I did have a really amazing weekend. The first weekend Yay. of the year, we um, are celebrating our seven-year anniversary in the year 2023. Seven? Oh, my <laughs> I God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say six, and I was already going to be like, whoa. Yeah, seven. It's crazy. Um That's wild. And we are... I feel like we're people that are kind of like, we love to just celebrate things on a whim or like, we'll be like, let's go do this thing. And it's not super planned. But then for like big moments, like big things like anniversaries, we are kind of like, oh, like, should we order pizza? Like, we don't always have like a plan. Mm. And I feel good about that. Like, I think that we're really good about having a lot of like special moments in the everyday, which is actually caters more to my personality as somebody who like famously hates New Year's, like hates my birthday, like days of expectation are not days that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we decided this was the first annual bub weekend. Um, it happened in January because we are kind of like loosey goosey about our anniversary. It's like in March, but we don't really have a day. Mm-hmm. But we were like, we're just going to spend the entire weekend together. We're going to do a staycation and like get a really fancy hotel room. We're going to go to a spa. We're going to like go to nice restaurants that we like haven't gone to or like want to go to or whatever and just like do it up. Um, And so that was the first weekend of this year, which was fantastic. And it was spare time 
in a way, like it was mm-hmm. their time we created for each other and with each other. And we just like got massages, hung out at the pool, read, played games, etc. ate a bunch of food. It was love really nice. Um, also I would say in my spare time, I have become obsessed with Fletcher, which is something that yes. I just want to go on record and say, you have been urging me to do for at least two years now. Um, and I just haven't been ready. I think often to the time that you texted me saying, do you want to go to this Fletcher concert? And I said, no, you literally you were know? like, I have a ticket. It's tonight. I was like, no, I don't, I don't care. Now it's I okay. care. It's come. She'll be back. She'll be back. Marie made me a playlist at the beginning of this month called AA Intro to Fletcher. And I listened to that and I said, hmm. And then I went back and I listened to her, well, everything, um, but most notably her <laughs> album that came out in 2022, Girl of My Dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obsessed. I love it. I love her. It's so fun, right? Tell me your favorite songs. We haven't really talked about Fletcher that much. Oh, my gosh. Um I have some deep cut favorite Fletcher songs when I, so I had a similar experience of coming into my Fletcher fandom, Mm -hmm. which is that Hannah, my girlfriend, in case you're new to the pod, loves her. And I was like, who is this person? Like she talked about her as though she was Lady Gaga. And I was like, I've never heard of this (laughs) artist before. (laughs) Um, And I was, I was like a medium fan. And then one day I just decided it was time. Yeah. And I listened to the song One Too Many by Fletcher a thousand times in a row. And I love it. I still think it's really fun. I like all of her, like most fuckboy songs mm-hmm. a lot. Like I love um Forever. I love Bitter. Like the old stuff mm-hmm. is really, I think so good. Um, but on the new album, I really love it all. I'm obsessed with Becky So Hot. I think it's so good. Famously, my, like, I think number two song of the year. Important. Becky So Hot and play. One Too Many were in my top five songs of the year. Okay. So you are right here with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm really I think with that you. her, I think that Girl of My Dreams is a no skips album for me, deluxe version. I love mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, and I, I honestly think like, I feel like I came to it at the right time. Not that it's like, not that I can super relate to, what it's about but like i think that the body of work is like really masterful and i think Mm. i i don't know i feel like i haven't had an album that i've listened to top to bottom that i've really been like wow i'm like fully understanding everything that you were trying to communicate here and you went you were so like raw about it Mm -hmm. um and it's like you know it's not the taylor swift easter egg thing where you hate it and then you love it it's like Oh, you're like telling me your deepest, darkest feelings. And I fucking respect that. And I like that. She's really open. And I think that I think you're so right. I think the album is like has a real narrative and the structure is so solid, even though it's funny that we were talking about this the other day, the the deluxe editions of the album, which I guess of which there are two because you have the hard copy and it's different than the deluxe version on Spotify because the Um, the tracks. I have the original. Oh, I thought you said that you had the deluxe version. No, but the CD version. I got the CD, which is when you know oh. I'm serious. The CD version mm-hmm. has CD only bonus tracks, which is actually something that I'm learning that a lot of CDs have. I wish that I could have them on Spotify. I want to hear I them. I know. Fuckboy is a really fun song. I remember. Well, she you played it live it. when I saw her, and I was like, this song is so fun. I want to drive in the car and listen to that. ASAP. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, it is weird. She changed the order of her songs, but it like still works. I don't know. It's yeah, it still works. And I really love the deluxe. I love Sucker Punch on the deluxe version on Spotify. I know you love Sucker Punch. Um, my favorite songs are Her Body is Bible. I so can't good. stop. I love it. I love it. Um, my favorite forever is going to be for Carrie. Like that song really, really, really moves me. And I'm not going to like spoil it in case you too are not a Fletcher fan and you don't know who Carrie is. Like the, I was, I'll never forget it. I was on a walk listening to it. It was in the playlist Marie made for me. And like throughout the song, you learn who Carrie is. And I was like, ah! Like, I, I knew you were going to love that song dropped was like, Oh my God. So listen to that song. Um, but my favorite in this moment is, um, Girl of My Dreams. I love Girl of My Dreams. The I think it's like so fun. And I just feel like I love this moment for her. And I love that she's sharing it in song in the way that she is. Yeah, it's really fun. She's so fun to follow on the internet, too, because she is like a reigning queen of sapphic chaos. So like, it's yeah, she's just like messy. It's a, it's a treat. She's so messy. I love her. She's also um, humble brag. We hannah and i one of hannah's friends is like close friends with her manager and so when she was doing she was doing this tour which is really cool this little tiny tour of lesbian bars around the country she's playing these super small shows so we went to go see her at as you are bar which is a new lesbian bar in cap in like eastern market dc and we got to like hang out with her a little bit after and she's so normal god i love that she's extremely extremely nice and she's so pretty like you know some you see famous people and you're like oh they're so pretty and then if you ever encounter them in real life you're like what (laughs) would it be like to look that way oh my god i love it and she's really nice can be obsessed with fletcher just go listen to all of her discography and then report back to us but that's like truly i spent a lot of my spare time traveling or i guess i spent a lot of my time traveling this month so Mm. i opted into listening to fletcher during that time um and the last thing i'll say about my month is the new like ultimate luxury for me is if i'm like okay i have like two hours it's the middle of the day like on a weekend let's sit down and watch something on tv for like that chunk of time feeling so good right now um but a TV show that I watched in the month of January that I would highly recommend is Traders. Are you familiar with this? I'm not familiar. It's really fun. It's like it's like gamey, challengey show, which like I like. But it's essentially the game Mafia. Did you ever play that? Um, I did indeed play it. Yes. Yeah. So it's that game in a TV show, and it's like half celebrities that are like not really celebrities, like it's people that have been on other shows, and then half normal people will call them and they're like in a castle in scotland and the pace is very quick um (laughs) but it's just like fun and it's it's silly i would really recommend that um and also kaleidoscope on netflix i think probably a lot of people watch this did you Mm -mm. it's the one where um it's the one where you can watch the episodes in any order which is oh yes 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 yes. um i thought it was actually kind of like soapy and I don't think the show was that good. I think it was just like mm. gimmicky. Um, so honestly, I wouldn't really recommend that. But okay, those great. are the two That's shows that I completed this month in the middle of the day. And that was pretty chic. That's a treat. Yeah, that's a treat. All right. Let's it. move into best because you have a bit of an announcement for us here. I do have a bit of an announcement. Um, I got a new job in January. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel very, very excited um, I know a lot of my current 
bosses slash colleagues listen to this podcast. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, I just feel really like this week I'm feeling so grateful mm-hmm. and That's nice, happy. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I feel really, everyone has been, I've been made to feel really special and celebrated by like all of my friends. Like we went out to dinner to celebrate and Hannah did something nice for me and Goldie and like all of my, like my bosses have been so wonderful. And so I just feel really like taken up by everybody. Um, and it's so fun when like your wins feel like your people's wins. Um, and I feel really excited about this job. I mean, I've been in my current job for like four and a half years, which is mm-hmm. a long time. And I've been needing a change and I think this is going to be really good for me. So I'm super excited. That was my best of the month. And it's fun because it's like, this is my big goal for 2023 and now it's done. Wow. Now you can freaking relax. (laughs) Now I can chill for the rest of the year. That's so exciting, Maria. I'm so happy for you. And um, not to blow up your spot, but your new job is going to be focused on something that you are personally very passionate about, which is always really exciting. Yeah, I feel really excited. I'm going to be like in the poetry space professionally now, not like I, I'm working for a nonprofit. Um, so it's kind of like, it's funny. I was, I was having a conversation with somebody today about my like career trajectory. And I was like, this job, and I was talking about this with Goldie too. Like this really like ties a nice little bow on like all the shit that I've done so far. It feels very Absolutely. like. It gives a lot of, sh- it like gives a lot of, <laughs> it gives the illusion of structure, um, where there really was just a lot of like, I mean, it all does come together in the end, but it's, it's nice. It feels like a really like weirdly perfect fit. So I, it's like exciting such a believer in the winding road, like just being like, this feels really random in this moment, but like that the next step will ultimately only be possible because of that moment mm-hmm. like I I, totally I feel agree. like I see it time and time again especially career-wise so I'm so excited for you can't Thank wait you. to see what happens yeah I'll be talking be a lot about work in the next few months probably and I'm anticipating having uh less spare time just because I'm going to be learning a new thing and it's going to be a busy few months yeah in the early early half of the year so I'm buckling up but it's exciting stuff. Super sure. exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to be. I'm ready to be like grinding it out a little bit. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Yeah. Yay! Um my best this month really center around food. Like Hell I mentioned. Yeah. I did a lot of traveling. Like I think I was in DC for less time than I was not in DC this month. I was in So crazy. Philly, New York City, New Jersey, etc. Um, she said, I am the Northeast queen. I'm a Northeast girly. Um, and <laughs> I just had like too many great things um, this month. Like this was probably one of my best months of eating in Whoa. recent memory. Um, so I'm going to tell you about five things that I had, oh which is God, crazy. Fun. But like I actually couldn't rank them. They were all fantastic. It's what the people want on this pod. They love to hear about what we're eating. So let's go. The origins are food. Um, okay. The first thing is bub weekend we were we didn't really have a dinner plan for night two we were kind of like we're gonna let the spirit move us yeah and randomly it moved us to an establishment called the grill at the wharf Mm -hmm. um i had Mm -hmm. never ever ever heard of this and when i tell you it was a 10 out of 10 across the board like you know that that is really really something that i don't say lightly or Mm -mm. often 
No. Everything was fantastic. But the best thing that I had there was this um, mocktail that was, it was like charred grapefruit. It was, it was called grapefruit five ways or something. And it was like fun charred grapefruit, grapefruit, like syrup, grapefruit seltzer. It was so like bitter. It had like a creme brulee vibe from like the, um, you know, the like brulee grapefruit. It was so refreshing. So perfect. Would like want to drink that every single day. Fantastic. But the grill at the wharf, if you want a good time, you should go there. It's the vibe was kind of giving like maybe like Miami, like Palm Beach grill Mm -hmm. aesthetically. But Mm -hmm. I think it was like a modern day version of like a stuffy grill that you might find in those places. And it's like meant to be kind of a mix and match menu. Like I got a Cajun um, fish and then I got like a side of twice baked potatoes and like a salad, blah, blah, blah. Highly, highly recommend. So good. Um, In Philly, I had a mushroom cheesesteak like pita sandwich at Mercaz, which is one of the Michael Solomonov restaurants Um, that truly like changed me forever mushroom cheesesteak that's so genius so genius so good i don't even know what was in it but it was like so tangy and here's the most important part it was like 50 percent mushrooms 50 percent pickles and that bite of pickle with mushroom and then the cheese all of the cheese tasted like if you put cheddar on like a grilled cheese and on the edges it gets kind of like crispy that was the cheese yes unbelievable if you're in philly go to Mercaz and get this sandwich um although it was a special so i hope you can get it <gasps> also in philly for dessert i went to weckerly's ice cream um and i Fun. got a citrus sorbet and the reason that i want to talk to you about this is because a it was perfect and b like i think people look down their nose at sorbet and i think sorbet is fantastic like i'm a sorbet girl if if there's a sorbet that speaks to me on a menu i'm more inclined to order that over ice cream many times and this sorbet was citrus but it was lemon lime and orange together and there was something about that that was like too perfect to be true dipped in a rainbow sprinkle which again a little controversial my dining companion said that's weird i said no it's perfect (laughs) and then they make a homemade sourdough waffle cone there it was (gasps) A perfect dessert and sourdough waffle cone, sourdough waffle cone, three citrus sorbet and a rainbow sprinkle. Like this one is for the citrus lovers, the sorbet lovers out there. Um, just want to know the sorbets, if you will, the sorbets. I will. That's a good t-shirt. Um, (laughs) okay. So during bub weekend, all that we wanted was to go to a restaurant that had a hot fudge sundae. And I'm here to tell you that, like, there isn't a restaurant with a hot fudge sundae in the District of Columbia. And that is an absolute miss. Like, yeah, I, it's a travesty. If I'm or if I'm eating almost any food, I think probably the the only food that doesn't fall into this category is maybe an Asian style meal. Right. I want to eat an ice cream sundae afterwards. Um And so I was holding on to this for weeks. And then when I was in New York, I went to Hillstone, which is like a Danny Meyer restaurant across the country. It was my first time. It was pretty good. But they had a hot fudge sundae on the menu that was phenomenal. It was like a vanilla bean ice cream, hand whipped cream. And then the hot fudge came in a gravy boat. And the gravy boat was full. And I just want to say that's the correct ratio. I like that I can pour it on myself because 
the ice cream gets melty when the hot fudge hits, as you all yeah, it's know. Yeah, nice do a little at a time. Little Smart. at a time. Add it to each bite when you want it. Um, mm. It was an amazing experience. I would go there for the hot fudge sundae. Um, and then I, I mean, I would be remiss not to say that I did dine at 11 Madison Park in the month mm. of January, um, which was an experience. Um, if you've watched the menu, like I did also in the month of January, that's a unique combination, um, yes. to go in with. But I would say like it was fantastic. Like I had a really great experience. Actually, the experience was not that good. I take that back. Um, <laughs> I had a good, like it was, it was like, unique like it was a good experience in the sense that it was like different from right my everyday the food was interesting but not all of it was good it was vegan Mm. it's vegan now um and winter is famously like a bad time for vegetables but shockingly the best course in my opinion was the first course which was a celebration of the radish which i was like unfortunately things are already not going well for me because I don't like radish <laughs> at all. Oh my god. But this course was phenomenal and it was my favorite of the meal. Wow. Um I love so, when something is proved like when you're like, oh, I'm not gonna like this because I don't like this thing. And then that thing, the radish was like, I'll show you. Yeah, like, the radish okay. did show me. And there was black radish in there, which is my um noted Nemesis. enemy. Mm-hmm. So I felt proud of myself <laughs> for eating all of the radish and liking it. Um good job. But yeah, I would say if you too want to spend, I think it's $395 per person <laughs> right now, um, maybe go in the summer. Like, I don't know if winter is the time, but it was definitely like a fun thing to do that I didn't. Did have you to go with work? Yeah. Yeah. I went with work. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah. So it was like, it was great in that sense. Um, and it was really interesting to be there. Um but I don't know. Like the food was not the best that I ate this month. I just think I had to mention it. Because... Yeah, I feel like restaurants like that are more like you should think about it as like going to an art museum instead totally. of like eating dinner. Yeah, it's very like showy. And there's some interesting reviews online if you're curious about like their transition from being um, a restaurant that serves meat to plant based because they were like the number one restaurant in the world and like, you know, had four stars, et cetera. Um, and, and now people are like, Ooh, it feels like they're just like trying too hard to like make the Mm. same things work with vegetables and like being really like showy about vegetables in a way that like doesn't really work. Mm. Um, and I think that we definitely saw some of that. Like there was a dish that was rice and then sliced mushrooms on top with like a little bit of like a Sichuan E pepper vibe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, none of nothing about this is like good or interesting um the mushrooms Mm. were like a little slimy like i just was like this is like not good yeah that's a bummer and you're like this course was 75 dollars yeah (laughs) also there was like so much truffle which i think for truffle lovers is probably exciting um but i don't like truffle at all no Um, we're truffle on this podcast yeah and i didn't there, there was one dish where I was like, the truffle is working for me, but there was one dish that I took one bite and I said, absolutely not. This is too gross to be true. Um, cause truffle, it's covered in truffle. It's just too, like, I don't know. It's too much. It, like, makes, it makes my stomach hurt. It's really overwhelming. I totally agree. It's too savory. And yeah. And I'm like, a little bit used the right way is nice because it enhances the savoriness of the other things but i feel like when the primary taste is truffle it's just like whoa relax it's whoa relax 
Um, so yeah, thank you for um indulging me for all of the things that I ate this month. It was a really great month of eating. Um, it sounds like a great month of eating. I want to go to all those places. I want to go there with you too. Um, Yay! What was your worst? So when <laughs> you start to move your body again after a long period of of not, or if you start doing something new. For me, as a person who has bad joints, famously, mm. it comes with some like aches and pains. And I really hate that. It makes me feel so like old and dramatic to be like, ow, my little, like, I think that I, um, I forget what it's called. I looked this up because my like wrist and forearm and like fingers were really like hurting like it felt really like strained and i looked it up and it's like a climbing thing that like if you don't have enough strength in your shoulders you're like using this muscle in your forearm too much it's like really easy to strain it it's not i mean it's like an easy fix you just have to like rest it but i was like i couldn't like chop things (laughs) i was like this sucks i'm like now my knees hurt i'm just like it's so annoying to have a bad body like a body that doesn't that isn't like accustomed to, or like at the ready to just like do whatever you want. And I think like a big part of my problem with fitness in general is I feel really frustrated when I have to be like, Like when I can't do stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or when I'm like, Oh, this is like not for me. Like I should just not do this thing. Or like I need to rest when I'm like on a roll or whatever. Um, So that's just like a humbling moment and i think it's not necessarily like a bad thing because i think it's it's like you know whatever as i'm talking about it i'm like this is a useful thing to think about and it brings up a lot of like aging and like fitness stuff for me but i'm like it is ultimately like it's part of the whole process that i'm working on right now but it is really fucking annoying and i hate to feel like achy and i can't do stuff and it makes me mad yeah. So that was annoying for me this month. I hear you, but I'm excited for you to look back on this like mm-hmm. six months from now and be like, oh my God, I kept up my movement journey and those now I can do stuff are, yeah, no longer. Yeah. But I was just way. like doing dumb stuff. Like I like knew that my forearm was hurting from climbing, but I was like, I want to climb. Like I have this membership, whatever. And so I just like kept going and then it Mm, obviously um, got worse because that's the way that those things work. So sometimes I like to think that I'm um, not susceptible to that sort of stuff. Uh Like I'm super special somehow in my body, but I'm not. So humble. Humbling. I'm excited for you to be on the journey, but I I hate that feeling too. And I hate that you have to feel it. Like, why do I have to be limited? Why do we have to be limited? Why do I have to stretch so much? Oh my God, I know. With every passing year, the stretching doubles and it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my worst is actually also a food. Have you heard of the bakery Mel? I think it's called Mel the Bakery, actually, in New York City. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never been there. Yeah, I went for the first time. And this is a bakery that's getting like a lot of hype. People are like, it's the best, blah, 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 blah. The chocolate croissant was bad. There's just no way to the <laughs> sugar coat that. It was so bready. You know what I mean? It gave me yeah, a vibe no. of almost the Salu croissant, which Uh-oh. coming soon, our croissant tasting real, you'll see that the Salu croissant is absolutely disgusting. And <laughs> the Mel croissant just wasn't good. And this made me question my own taste. Like, not really. Like, I was like, I obviously feel confident in 
saying that I don't like things or whatever. Um, but I was like, everybody thinks this is really good and I do not. And that's just, sometimes it's hard to have a hot take, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you're like, I just want to, I just want to be like everybody else. I just want to love this, but I just don't. And that was my truth about Mel. Sorry, Mel. Sorry, Mel. Goodbye. Um, Mel, the, the like bakery owner just got nominated for James Beard. So they're fine. Um, okay. Well, I'm not worried about her going to, yeah, not going to tank their business. Um, okay. Oh my gosh. To our recs, our spare time recs. Yes. We love to do a monthly recommendation for something often that's like media based, but it's also often not because we like to keep things loosey goosey, fresh, footloose and fancy free on this podcast. Um, so what I will recommend to you this month is a bit of a project slash fun opportunity to do something with your partner or a friend or somebody who lives in your city that um, I will give this credit to Hannah. It was her idea. Um, we are reading the book Chocolate City. Do you know about mm-hmm. this book? Yeah. It's like a com- it's like a history of race in DC. It's a big ass book. It is intense in subject matter and it's a nonfiction book. So it's just like got a lot. Mm-hmm. We've been talking for a long time about how we should read it, but we were both kind of like, oh, it's like daunting, whatever. And Hannah was like, okay, let's read it. We'll read a chapter at a time, one chapter a week. And then when we've both read it, we'll make our notes and then we'll go on a field trip based on something that was talked about in the chapter. So really fun. Really fun. So the first chapter was about like Native Americans in this area. And so we went to the Museum of the American Indian. Such this a good week. museum. I actually thought it was bad. I have oh. to say. Yes. Um, which I'm not going to get into right now because it's a long story, but I will talk about it on the pod at some point or we can just talk about it offline. But it was really fun. To, it was like great to go. And we had like so many good conversations after going. Um, we're doing our cha- chapter two um, adventure this weekend. Maybe it's one chapter every two weeks that we're doing. I think that is what it is. And I will say, I think it's a really fun way to read a nonfiction book, especially like if you read something about the city where you live um, and then you get to go do stuff that you might not ordinarily do. So I you're learning, that. you're exploring. So that is a recommendation for anyone who wants to do more reading or learning about where they live. Do it Very with a cool. friend. Where is adventure number two taking you? Um, we are actually in conversation about that right Ooh. now. So I'll come in with an update on my uh, Chocolate City adventures at the end of the month. Very cool. I can't wait to hear. Waiting with Beta yeah, Breath. Fun. Really fun. About- I love that. Yeah. It's a really fun idea. Um, and it's a nice, it's like a manageable way to read something that, like, I think, at least for me, like, because of my the amount of reading that I'm trying to do, it feels really hard to read a nonfiction book that's going to take a long time because I'm totally. like, I gotta like keep up the pace. Um, so it's a nice way. And it's fun to like read in a different way. Sometimes. And like engage with it and talk about it and yes. et cetera. Mini book club. We love. Very cool. I love that for you guys. Thank you. What's your recommendation this Unfortunately, month? I'm coming here with a lot of stuff this month in general. I like it. But, um, Renee Rapp, um, she has an EP out. She is, um, the, she's in Sex Lives of College Girls. Oh, I still haven't watched that. It's really good, I think. Um, but her music is really fun. Like, I'm Mm. loving her EP. I highly recommend it. Her song Colorado, like, 
is such a bop that is just it's been stuck in my head for like a month and a half. I love it. Fun. I'm gonna listen to it immediately. Recommend checking out. She's um working on her album now. Um have you listened to the new Sam Smith? Um, I have not, but I have to say, I do know who this is and I have been listening to this album. I just did not know what her name was. Yeah, it's good. I love it. Yeah, I really like, um, actually Colorado is the one that I put on my playlist. It's so fun. It's so fun. And it's just like whimsical, but it's like deep and I love Mm -hmm. it. Check her out. Yeah, it's good. It's easy listening. We love. I think the new Sam Smith is fun. I would recommend it. Um, and it's interesting because Sam Smith, like said that this is the direction that they've like always felt like they wanted to go. And I just love when an artist is like, this is the most authentic version of me. And it's like yes. putting that out there. Um, there's some songs that I really like on it. And I listened to it like all the way through a couple of times and I want to see Sam Smith live. I saw Sam Smith with um, a lot of the listeners of this podcast in like 2014, like, and it was like right when, their album dropped. Like I think their album Mm -hmm. dropped literally like the week before and we had already gotten these tickets. So we saw Mm -hmm. Sam Smith at the house of blues in Boston. So fun. Such a small venue um, for probably like $20 and it was crazy. So I would love to see Sam again. um, I would too. I think that's at Capital One Arena now, and I believe it's the day before Beyonce. So just wow. put that on your calendar. Just pregame Beyonce with a little Sam Smith. Yeah, I think that Unholy Live is something that I personally need to witness. For sure. Um, and and yeah, like the glory of the song is really mm-hmm. interesting. Like, I love it. And I, I mean, I, I love really the old like Sam Smith music too. Oh, yeah. Sam Smith's first album is amazing. I watched their SNL performance. Oh, yeah. Um, fun. The Gloria performance had me with left me with more questions than answers, but I did like this song. I think that a lot of this is leaving us with more questions than answers. And that is something I'm curious about. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I why think not? that it's okay to confuse people. That's sometimes what art is about. Yeah, it's performance art in a way. That's right. Um, cool. You saw the menu. I did see the menu. What did you think? I liked it a lot. I love um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Is that her name? I think so. Yes. I really love her. I think she's so fun to watch. And I thought that it was um, so over the top and excessive. I mean, like, I think that the way that the ways that it was over the top and like doing the most also reinforced the like message of the movie. Totally. I thought it was really smart. I I thought it was hilarious and like obviously very disturbing (laughs) very disturbing i think as a person that's like interested in food culture and like like knows a lot of stuff about a lot of these places the references that they dropped like when they were on the bridge like that was clearly a reference to like the lost kitchen like things like that Mm -hmm. i was like that is so smart and the having the um videographer from um what's the Netflix show I'm thinking of where like they do all the plates and like, like oh, yeah, yeah, doing yeah, it the yeah. same way. I thought it was genius. I would highly recommend it if you haven't watched it. Um, I just loved it. I thought it was really fun. And I will say when I finished it, I was like, I think that I don't get it. And then I like sat with it for a couple of days and I was like, it's all come together and I loved it. Yeah. I feel like it's a really like searing, no pun intended, uh, commentary it's not and i think it's i think it applies to more than just like ultra fine dining 
totally like, macro like gastronomy in general yeah it's and like and like culture yeah at large i thought it was great it was i thought it was really good yeah i i really really enjoyed it and i, I did think and you i did not it for free now you can and i had no idea what it was going to be about so i just put it on i didn't even know it was a movie i thought it was a show oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so i just put it on i often will put on an episode of tv while i'm eating lunch i put it on and i was like what the fuck am I watching? Where am I? <laughs> Which I think was a nice way to watch it, actually. I thought it was going to be a little more of like a thriller. It's a dark comedy, I would say, which is mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, we love. The last thing I want to speak to you about, specifically you, Marie, is something that I'm sure I've talked about on this podcast before. The challenge. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, a key building block of my relationship. It's a <laughs> huge part of my life. I fucking love the challenge. Um, But as I was watching this I'm catching up right now with Erica this current season like something that really struck me is I really think that the challenge alongside other shows that I am obsessed with in Wax Poetic about like Top Chef but the challenge more so like I really think that this was the first show on TV to like really really show a wide range of people that like identify Mm -hmm. in different ways with different relationships etc like people look a lot of different ways on the challenge Mm -hmm. and it's like such a part of like the thread count of the show and it's like not something that is addressed or kind of like put on display it's not a storyline it just Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. and in particular right now there's there's two people that have been on the show for many many seasons one of them comes from big brother one of them has just been doing the challenge for literally probably like 15 years and has both of them have like these like you know storied paths on their respective shows etc two women that are now dating and seeing their relationship like like they just have such a real relationship that's like shown in a way that is so not about them being in a gay relationship on tv Mm. it's just two Mm -hmm. people in a relationship and like it really struck me this week like how profound i think that is and and just like seeing how the other contestants on this show who are all friends like they all have relationships because they've all been doing this for years like how they engage with them and how they support them. And it just really made me feel some type of way. And like, I know the challenge is Mm -hmm. not for everybody, but like, I really think that you should give it a try simply for the like social aspect of it. And just like the way that MTV famously also the network that did the gay, are you the one like just the way that they present people and the way that they show all of these different, types of people in different types of relationships Mm -hmm. connecting with each other this season there's also a couple that was engaged they both came from this series they got engaged on the show and they are no longer engaged but they are both on this season together and like them working through that like it's really fascinating television and i just want to give props to mtv for like having gay people or LGBTQ people or just like different people on the show represented in ways that are so authentic and not a thing. Wow. I love that. Okay. Maybe I'll try. Maybe my time has come. I mean, the Casey Nani relationship is everything. Like oh, when, okay. when I tell you, Eric and I were watching with tears in our eyes, like it's so oh my good. God. It's so good. Um, would highly recommend. So just wanted to wreck that to you, Marie, but also okay. any listeners of this pod, if you are looking for a new show, 
I fucking love the challenge. And every time I watch it, I say, this is the best show on TV. Oh my God. <laughs> I have to start it's watching so it. Okay. 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 I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Culture. Three things you yes. need to know. We How love to, like to begin. We love to share some, some quick, quick culture moments of the month. Um, let's begin with number one. I love that you put this on here discussing our, um, our reading journeys. We famously began our reading journeys together in, was it 2021? I think in 2020, like December, we were like next year, we're going to read a hundred books. And we fucking Mm -hmm. did. We We changed our lifestyle. We literally changed our lifestyle. I think it's like documented on our whatever iteration of the podcast it was. A hundred percent. And we did it in 2021. We did it in 2022. And we're doing it again. I'm really Probably proud forever. of us. I know. We really did that thing. If you listen it's to our cool. December episode, yeah, you'll hear that like the one thing that I'm most grateful for in my life is reading. It's yeah. it's the best. It's the best thing it's that's best happened thing. to me in a long time. It's the best thing. And my reading journey this year is off to an absolutely ripping start. I was going to say, like, I feel that this is maybe your best January of all time. It's my best January of all time. I read 16 books um, and a lot of them were really good. Like, I think I read like four or five, five star books. I can actually tell you. Yeah, let's Um, hear it. Let's discuss all of the five-star books that I, I read in the month of January 2023. Um, Marie said that she was getting to a up. point that she said, I'm questioning my taste because so many of these books are five stars for me. But I think you were just reading excellent books. Right. I was like, am I too Am I Did just I too excited? It? <laughs> I read a lot of four-star books too, which, you know, props to them. But um, so the first five-star book that I read was... Seven Empty Houses, which got a lot of buzz at the end of last year. Short stories by Samantha Schweblin. Um, seven, and there's seven stories. I like that it's in the title and they were all perfect. I loved them and I wanted them all to go on like way longer than they did, which is really telling. I That's thought it was really great. Nice. Yes. Really I, good. I have that on hold. It's so good. And then the next five star, this is, I like had a five star run. I read these like back to back to back. So good. Um, I read When We Were Sisters by Fatima Ashgar, who's a poet who I've been following for a long time. This is a novel. I maintain that novels by poets are the best. Um, nothing can beat them. This is a really, really fucking good book. Um, I'm not, I don't, I'm not even really going to give the plot summary. I think you should just read it. Um, then I read another collection of short stories that was a five star collection called Lesser Known Monsters of the 21st Century um really weird and like stories about like the everyday becoming like grotesque and sort of monstrous and Mm. i thought it was really 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 good i also wanted these to go on way longer and then i read a five-star collection of poems called reconnaissance um, by carl phillips carl phillips is an icon in the poetry world these poems were so moving and they were um, like really about like aging um and relationships and the ways that we you know mourn each other and ourselves and i thought it was just like stunning like really 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 good um and i think that's it for the five star books i might have had a couple i I mean i only read a few books that i didn't really didn't like so Mm -hmm. that's amazing so fun what are you like channeling for this year do you have anything that you're like trying to do as you read through a hundred books or is it simply reading a hundred books, which honestly is enough? 
Yeah, I think that I am trying both to like, I want to like finish the books that I'm reading. Like, I think that like, if I commit to reading something, which for me means if I've read like 50 to 75 pages, I want to like actually see it through instead of like rushing through to the end, which I think I can do sometimes. Like if I'm going to read it, I want to actually read it. But the other side of that coin is like, I'm not going to read something that I don't love. Like I started reading um, The New Life, which maybe you've seen. It was like one of the hot books that people were anticipating early this year. I started reading it the other night and I was like, no, mm-hmm. it's not for me. I don't care and I'm not going to try. So I think that I'm being both like more disciplined about finishing stuff and also like allowing myself more often to be like, I don't have to read this just because it's a hot book right now. Like if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. And that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I'm taking a similar intention forward where I just like don't want to, I feel like because we've been so, you know, into reading the last couple of years, I feel like I have a better understanding of what I like and Mm -hmm. what is going Mm -hmm. to actually land for me. And so, and I feel like last year I read like, I read like 150 books, but I was like, most of these were average to me and I like don't find Mm. a ton of them to be memorable. And so this year I'm like, I would rather read less, but have more books that I was like, that was amazing. And I'm like thinking Mm -hmm. about it. So similar to you, I'm just trying to like only read books that I really think I'm going to connect with or take something away from Um, with obvious, like, you know, like I read spare. I didn't think that that was going to change my life by any means, (laughs) but I just wanted to read it. For the Um, culture. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this year too. I feel like there's so many books right now that I just like, want to read or can't wait to read or am reading that I'm excited about. So yeah, that is what were some of your highlights that you've read so far? Um, I really loved, well, the other thing is I am trying to continue my intention from last year was, which is to read more, um, books by authors of color and, or just like not cis white men for -hmm. the most part. Um, so speaking of, I read these impossible things by Salma L. Wardani. Um, Mm -hmm. sorry if I mispronounced that, but it is really great. Um, one of my best friends, well, it's, um, a book about three friends, um, and they grew up Muslim and well, they are all Muslim women. And it's essentially about like being at this point in your life where you're Muslim and you are kind of like confronting what that means to you as you move forward, but also especially through the lens of your romantic relationships and like, Mm. you know, kind of like what your parents expect of you, you know, with your partner and your religion, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I loved this book. It was five stars for me. I thought it was really well written and I, I just like loved the perspective. Um, And one of my best friends is Muslim. And so I think thinking about this through the lens of like her and her experience and her family was like a fun way for me to feel more connected to her. Um, I also read I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay, who Mm. wrote The Great Believers. Um, It's coming out at the end of February. I loved this. This is like a little bit of a more modern book for her. And it's interesting because it kind of like questions true crime and mm-hmm. our phenomenon with it as a culture and i thought it was really good i really liked it and i it was yeah, one of i'm looking forward that I, like, to that wanted to keep reading 
Um, I actually have a paper arc of that if you want it. Oh, yeah, I would love to borrow it. Um, My Last Innocent Year by Daisy Alpert Florin. I really enjoyed this too. It's like a coming of age story and it kind of surprised me. And I feel like that doesn't always happen. And so mm. I liked that. Um, and then I did read All My Rage by Saba Tahir, which um, I think she won the National Book Award last year for. It's technically YA. I didn't really think mm-hmm. I'm not like a YA reader, but yeah, you're um, not. I didn't really think that this would. To me, this wasn't super YA, yeah. um, but it's I loved it. I read it in a day and it was just it's about essentially like a family yeah it's it or it was the nominee for best young adult fiction last year Mm -hmm. but i Mm -hmm. i didn't really think it was that um but yeah it was really good i'm i don't i won't even tell you more about it would recommend so far so good um i just love reading and i love like being a part of the reading culture even though i'm not like on book talk or anything like that i think just like being more like like knowing what books are coming out and like being excited about them mm-hmm. or being excited about something that you read you and i also joined our neighborhood um book club in our yes, neighborhood bookstore which is fun for us although i did not i was not able to attend the last one what is the february book um he hadn't chosen it uh, okay he at, said the, he, at the meeting he was like i'm gonna send an email i was like i don't think yeah. i'm on the email list he said he was gonna send an email i told him to put us both on the email i put my email address down and i think he's gonna put you on the email list he said i, I don't I was there the other night and he sent the email. So I think he maybe didn't oh. include us. He told me, his, LOL. he told me like the three books that he was considering. And I was like, surprise me. Um, but I know what the March book is. So I will Fun. message you so that we can prepare. Okay, great. That's so funny. He and I chatted for so long after book club. Um, and I did write my email address down. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, but, anyways, we'll talk about the logistics of this. <laughs> offline. Yeah, I feel, I feel excited. Um, it was really fun. The book club. I like the format. The format was nice. Like I think the way he's running it is easy and like no pressure. And totally I, the book, the book that he chose. So we read um, seven the moons. seven moons of Molly. I can't remember the last name. Um, and it was like a good book for book club because there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Molly amazing. Almeida. Okay, for number two, I'll let you choose because. I put a couple, a couple of random of things here. on here. Um, so I think that the article, why does every store look the same is important to share with our, with our peeps here, because I feel like the people who listen to this podcast are like the exact target demographic totally. um, for, for this, um, which I think is hilarious. Like anyone who's ever owned a bottle of Graza or Graza, I don't know how you say it, olive oil or bought a tin of fish wife fish, um, which is everyone who listens to this podcast Definitely me. <laughs> should read this article. A hundred percent me. I'm such a like basic, like contemporary, cool, direct to consumer bullshit person. Um, and you, Elisa, so Elisa sent me this article from Grub Street called, um, welcome to the shoppy shop. Why does every store suddenly look the same? I think shoppy shop is a hilarious um, thing. Basically, they're like, okay, we call the stores that look exactly the same, that have all the same products and the same, like, sort of like handwritten, hand drawn, like primary colors, aesthetic shoppy shops. Cause it's just like they're so generic now, somehow, in their like quirky uniqueness. And I think that that is so true and something that I had not really considered. 
but I don't know if it actually makes me like them any less. I think I still like a shoppy shop. Oh, I definitely like a shoppy shop. I think what was interesting about this is that they were essentially like, like Graza as an example, the olive oil, like they're not a small company or small business, but they like market themselves as a small business. And that's how they Mm. like appeal to the consumer. But it's like, they are now in like, you know, 500 stores across the country. Like they have this like booming Mm. wholesale business. And like, it's true that like, like, I think one of the examples that they used was like, it's kind of crazy that like, I can walk up and down a street in um, Hudson, New York and there's fishwife in every single store, including like a textile store that doesn't actually have (laughs) food in it. So it's like, why is the fishwife here? And it's like, that's kind of the same thing with the Graza where it's like literally every store that I go to, I can find it now, including Wegmans. So it's like, that's not a small business, Um, but it feels like one. And the consumer is like drawn to it for probably reasons that feel virtuous and like Mm -hmm. simultaneous with like shopping a small business but then it's also like to me at the end of the day like is the product good like is the product better or is it truly just like marketing I think that's like the question for me yeah I mean it is definitely like uh signaling to like our type of person who's like a whatever I would say like a very online late 20s to mid 30s food person whether that means you like to eat or you like to cook who like fancies themselves a a shop local girly um i think like when you see these products like when you see omsom or when you see like fishwife or you see the like fucking confetti cutting board that every influencer has or the like deuce and deuce and pepper grinder like it's like oh my people shop here Like people that I like shop here and like if they sell these things, this means that it's like cool or local or whatever. Um, And I wonder like does the like pervade, not pervasiveness, but like does the like hyper influx of these products to market like make it less cool? Like somehow I feel like these products are still maintaining their cool factor even though like they're not an anomaly anymore. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think my reaction is the opposite. To me, I'm mm. kind of like, mm, like, I feel like I don't want like to me reading this article. I was like, ooh, like, I don't want to be this shopper. Like, I do want to be consuming like, you know, and like shopping more um, intentionally and like more oh, for sure. uniquely. Um, This brings but like, to, yeah, but I, I'm like, I don't want to be but like I am. In, I know. Just I'm like, oh, I see that stuff, and I'm like, oh, cool. Like they have that. Like that must mean that they're, like, there's something similar. Like it's like an algorithm. It's like totally. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, my Instagram for you page is like now in this store. Well, I saw this TikTok that was like, if you are traveling to a new city and you want to find the shopping shoppy shops, go on Graz's website and pull up the store locator, and like then it'll pull up all these like little boutique shops and you're like, perfect. That's where I'm going to go. Like that's oh my God. This stuff. <laughs> and like, to me, I'm like, Oh no, like that's, I need to like reevaluate myself, yeah, that's dark. But, but like totally. So something to think about and definitely read the article. It'll be linked in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one here, you put duh, but here's the thing. I have not watched this. I oh know, I know that the internet is absolutely quaking about it. 
something mm-hmm. about me too that we haven't actually talked about offline either is that I am I'm a lot less online than I was the last time we spoke mm-hmm. because I deleted Instagram from my phone. I didn't know that. I I have it on my iPad, so I'm not uh, saying like nice. I'm not like deleting my Instagram account, but like I use my iPad usually twice a day and I'm not Mm -hmm. like seeking it out to go on Instagram. So like, I'm really not, I'm on Instagram probably 95% less than I was um, before. So there's a lot of things that are coming to me a little bit later, but you know what? I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. Um, That's a great idea. I'm going to do that with Instagram on the iPad because I, you know, I go through phases when I delete stuff from my phone, but I've never thought about the iPad. Smart. Yeah. Cause I, I just use it, you know, usually at the end just of the day. Just check in once a day. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Okay. Well, what so, we're talking about is yeah. the show, The Last of Us on HBO, um, which I actually heard about on my Dear friend Beba and her mom Anna's podcast, Mommy Issues, which I recommend. Mm-hmm. I think it's really funny. Um, I don't listen to any reality TV stuff, but or watch reality TV, but if you do, you should listen to it. Um, and Anna was talking about The Last of Us, which at that point just had aired its first episode. I was like, oh, this sounds like my kind of thing, like spooky plague. I love I love a plague story. Um, I, even <laughs> after we lived one, I still can't get enough. Um, so I was watching it, and the the internet broke about the most recent episode, which yes. I I do agree with the takes that it is one of the single most like beautiful episodes of television I have ever seen. It's up there. It's so good. But the show is really fucked up and like pretty scary. So if you're not like, if you don't like that kind of stuff like i know more i know more people than i can count on two hands who have been having nightmares because of the <gasps> show it's okay. like really fucked up do <laughs> so, i need to watch episodes one and two to watch episode three i would um just because it gives you it, i mean th- i think yes it gives you important context for what's happening in episode three but something that i really like they're doing is there's like um, the way that this, the show is seems to be progressing, obviously it's really early in the season. This is the first season is like, there's kind of like a, it starts in the past and then it like centers itself around this like present moment, which I actually do think is like 2023. It's like of an imagined version of our current moment. Um, but it seems to be like bouncing back, um, during episodes, like the most recent episode spent a lot of time with these characters, um, the episode before had a little moment of this where it's like flashing back and then like zooming in on different characters that are related to the people in the present. Um, and the most, the episode that everyone loved is about like, it's like a gay love story between these two older men. And it is just, I mean, it's spectacular. It's so good. I love this show. I think it's great. It gives me like station 11 meets, um, like what's that show where there's the like i guess i mean i guess it is like a station 11 vibe like it's very much like post-apocalyptic post-plague um so if you like that stuff you should absolutely watch it and if you are easily scared then you should not (laughs) i like station 11 (laughs) yeah i I think you should watch it it's good okay i will but the premise is scary like the, the reason it's scary is because it's like it feels like it could be true and this is like why I started listening to it was because they were talking about my friend was talking about this on the podcast. Her mom was like, basically, the premise is that like the ultimate worst plague would be 
a fungal infection, like a, a mushroom infestation, basically, where like, because mushrooms, as we know, like from psychedelics and stuff can like alter your state of mind and like make you do things. Um, and like they can inhibit decay. So like if you were infected with mushrooms, you could like live a long time and not die from it because it would be like feeding on you, but keeping you alive. And the only reason that that doesn't happen is because mushrooms can't survive at temperatures above 94 degrees and the human body is famously warmer than that. But the premise is like because of climate change, the mushroom mushrooms evolve so that they can live at warmer temperatures. And so this like disease becomes feasible, which I'm like, it, I mean, it's not, they're not saying that this is like, I don't know. It's not necessarily plausible, but like the premise is not implausible, mm-hmm. which is why it's so fucked up. Interesting. Anyway, climate mushrooms, gay love. It's all there. It's all there. <laughs> okay. Well, I will maybe watch this before we meet again on this podcast. And if so, we can discuss. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to hear. I hope that you like it. I'm sure I will. Um, I mean, some people, some of my friends said that this like episode three changed them forever. Yeah. So. It's really, 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 really good. And I didn't, I think it was like very unexpected for most people. Like it was, yeah. I didn't expect to see such a beautiful thing on this oh. fucked up show. Um, okay, Alisa, looking yes. forward, we are in the today we're recording. It's February 2nd. What does February have in store for you? Like I've mentioned, being at home more, more spare time in general, cooking and eating at home. Um, I'm also on my movement journey, but incorporating running into that, which I'm excited mm. about. Um, making my space feel a little more cohesive. I've been talking about this with you and other people, but like, I just like, I don't know, we've lived here for a long time and there's still things that kind of irk me and I would love to Mm -hmm. like be done with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Community partnerships, I feel like, I don't know, being a part of my community is so important to me and like just kind of digging deeper into that um, is something I'm excited about this year and definitely this month. Um, And book club, we already mentioned it, but I'm excited about book club. That's like something that I feel is very indicative of like who I want to be in 2023 and it makes me feel happy. Yeah. I love that stuff. What um, about you? For, I'm going to be at home less in February um, yeah. because I'm going down to Miami for a week um, for a wedding and also to like do some new job stuff and like meet folks in person. Um, super excited. I'm going to be spending a lot of time obviously figuring out how to have a new job and like what I'm supposed to be doing and building my new routine. Yeah. Um, I really, Hannah and I have been talking so much about like sewing and mending and I've been like slowly transforming my algorithm to give me like mending stuff so that I'm like watching Love. people darn socks on my, on my feed. Um, so I want to like focus on learning to do that better and getting back into embroidery because I've been feeling really like it's an, I've been doing a, a little bit of embroidery, like some side projects, um, mostly like for bachelorette parties, I've been like embroidering like tote bags and napkins and stuff, which is really fun. So if you want me to do that for you, I'm happy to, um, if you're listening and you're doing a bachelorette party, um, but so I want to do more of that stuff fun. and also reels. Oh, uh, I made a January reel. I think I'm going to do that this year for my personal Instagram. And when I made the January reel yesterday, I was like, oh, 
finally I have had an experience that is like glitch free with reels because so as you know, you. we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. We've posted a couple reels and we've promised a couple of reels that we have not delivered on. And it's because every time I have tried to make a reel, I like make the whole thing and then it crashes and I have to start over and it just Too makes annoying. me pull my um, hair out. But I think maybe now is my time. So if you're listening to this and you are wondering where the fuck is part two of the croissant taste <laughs> test reel, it's coming. And there's more where that came from. Oh yeah. Bagels are oh, ready. Yeah. Ish to so go. Fun. You know, I heard that Instagram is is going back to photos. Like the Instagram powers that be are prioritizing photos again. On the yeah, because everyone's making fun of them for trying to be TikTok. It's too dumb. It's too dumb. Well, Marie, that sounds like an amazing Feb. Yeah, I can't I wait. I chatting with you. Yeah, it's so fun to chat. It's so fun to chat. Um, But until next time. Thank you for spending your spare time with us. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah.